Hello everybody, this is Steel here from Radio Room, and we've got something a little different for you this time. This episode is one of the very first collaborations that Tyrant Garcia and I did way back in the long, long ago of 2015. It's a live recording, so it's not as polished as the kind of stuff you've come to expect, but it's definitely a fun, pulpy romp. So, without further ado, here is Doc Doyle in The Longshoreman's Lament, Part 2. Don't worry, there wasn't a Part 1. Once again, everybody, thank you so much for coming out to the Sluge for a night of radio dramas, Summer Radio. Summer Radio! Please don't forget to uh, to donate if you'd like, or have a beer and then definitely donate. (laughs) Up next we have Doc Doyle, The Longshoreman's Lament, Part 2, created by Adam Lance Garcia, and written by yours truly, Steel Tyler Philippec. The continuing adventures of Doc Doyle is brought to you by Sugar Nails Discount Cigarettes. Twice the flavor, half the price. Demand a carton from your local pharmacist today. The adventures of Doc Doyle continues in this, episode 17, Longshoreman's Lament, part 2. When last we left our intrepid hero, he'd managed to get Miss Barbara Collins to convince the Longshoreman's Union to agree to a temporary ceasefire with Mayor Floenstein and the city council, though both sides still have bad tastes in their mouths after the strike hit Long Avenue. But nefarious things remain afoot, and after the clues that could lead to the capable culprits of this criminal occurrence, a shadowy figure cajoled a few of the returning blue-collar brutes to cross the line under cover of shadow, fog, and night in order to make the deadline for the shipments. I don't like this, Tony. What's that to like, Bo? We're getting paid to betray our brothers and tattoos. Bust the union line and deliver a shipment of crates that contain who knows what. All for a wage that a kid wouldn't accept for selling lemonade. I mean, yeah. That's what I don't like about it. <laughs> well, all we gotta do is keep guiding this boat to the harbor for another couple of minutes. And then we can go erase our memories with this pure grain alcohol. I'm not sure that shadowy figure guy is even gonna pay up. He definitely isn't gonna pay up if you mooks keep chatting and get us found out. So shut up and rope us in. It's quiet. In fact, eerily so. Just the way that shadowy figure said it would be. Perfect. Nothing could possibly go wrong. In fact, I think we should all let our guard down for no reason. (laughs) Guns cocked. Or maybe not. Now, looks like we got a couple of scabs trying to cross the line, eh, boys? Figures that a team of Union simps would shoot a load of unarmed men. Yeah, we don't need weapons, do we, boys? Drop the guns! Metal clanking on wood. (laughs) We're gonna do this the old-fashioned way. Two-by-fours and lead pipes all around. How did they figure this out? Somebody must have squealed. Now we're gonna pay it for all the skunks. We should have listened to Doc Doyle. But take heed. Doc Doyle had not forgotten about the blue-collar workers that have made America strong. At that very moment, in fact, he was setting a brilliant plan into motion, courtesy of his Studebaker Starlight Coupe and an annoyed Barbara Collins. Car rumbling, doors opening, shutting. This is quite a date, Doyle. What more could you want, Blondie? I took you on a tour around town, grabbed dinner and a show in Chinatown, 
Then we had a nice chat about politics. You mean we got involved in a labor dispute, had a shootout and interrogation at a triad hotspot, and then tried to get the mayor to issue martial law all so that you could see who reacted worst? Well, you know, potato, potato. There better be a good reason that we're here on the east side yards, and it better not be a nightcap with the rats. Eh, something Hui Fong said back at the restaurant just doesn't sit right with me. The docks are run by the government, but they aren't a military depot. They're just municipal. Whoever's instigating this strike isn't in it for the weapons or the money. Not everybody in this world has a selfish streak a mile wide. Some of us have a sense of morality. And some of us just want to be shown a good time. You're right about that. And that's why I brought you here. Uh, an abandoned warehouse? Really? Did you get those shoulders and that chin in exchange for what little brains your mama gave you, Doyle? <laughs> ah, naivete. Another one of your charming attributes. You're lucky you need both eyes to drive me home. Otherwise, they'd be sporting a shiner that would make Joe Lewis cringe. Careful. I might have to report you to the Parks Department for defacing a national treasure. <laughs> you know what? Forget it. I'll hitchhike. Ah, come on, Babs. It's Barbara to you, Mr. Doyle. <laughs> In fact, I'd prefer if you called me Ms. Collins, like my students. You seem to have the mindset of a third grader. You promised me until midnight. I did save your father's business after it turned out he was collaborating with those rebels in Belize. That was never proven! <laughs> no, of course not. He was an innocent man, in the wrong place at the wrong time, but you seemed quite enamored with me when I swung in and saved the pair of you from that burning train station. So what say you grace me with those gorgeous brown eyes for another 90 minutes, and I promise to make it a night you'll never forget. Well, fine, since you put it that way. But don't expect a good night kiss. We'll discuss that at the stroke of 12. Now please, after you... The door won't open. Oh, sorry, Miss Collins. My mistake. <coughs> Metal sliding. Eh, password. Old sad Charlie bought himself a Harley and left the wife at home, so on the road he'd roam. Uh, that's not the password. Yeah, I know. It was fun to say, though. Here, we're with Mr. Lincoln. He may look a little green and flat, but I can attest that he's bringing lots of his friends with him. Paper rustling, palm slapping. Welcome to Casa de Malnegocio, sir and madam. Enjoy your stay. <laughs> what? What is this? I'll give you a hint. I spy with my little eye something that begins with... Roulette. An underground casino? This is your idea of a good time? Free drinks and lots of entertainment. Heck, you don't even need to gamble. Just stand around the back rack table when the dealer hits nuff. I hope it's worth the rap sheet I'll get when the cops raid this place mid-dice throw. Don't worry about that. Craps isn't my game. Ah, there's the proprietor now. Senor Ramon de la Luna, holding court with that darned old-fashioned in his hand. Ha, huh. that brings back the memories. Somehow that doesn't instill me with a sense of confidence. Ah, do not be clapping so quickly, for it was then that I discovered that Don Domilla, that nationalist pig, had snuck up behind me like a coward. <gasps> Indeed, two dead men at my feet, but a live one at my back and a gun at my temple. The night was as black as his heart, but I knew that he could not miss, even with the glass eye I had given him in Sevilla. With no other options, did you know what I did? You sobbed like a little girl for so long that he let you go? <gasps> Senor Doyle! Come on, Ramon, you can call me Doc. 
I thought we knew each other well enough to be on a first-name basis. Perhaps, but I shall stick to the formalities when it comes to dealing with the man who stole my wife. You stole his wife? Stole implies that she didn't come willingly. I'm thinking she was tired of living on the wrong side of the law. She certainly didn't return any of the jewelry that such a life provided. But no, I'm thinking that our time for remembrances is over. My apologies to you, Mrs. Oh, uh, just Miss. Miss Collins. Miss Barbara Collins, senor. Well, Miss Barbara Collins, I must beg your forgiveness and ask you to escort my goons and your date out into the alley, where they will be giving him the, how you say, once over. Oh, no, no need to apologize. It saves me the trouble later on. (laughs) Hands off the merchandise, creeps. You're telling me that your open-door policy has been shut, Ramon, even for a whale like myself? No wonder you're crowd bemoosed. <laughs> you? A high roller? I do not think so. He didn't even leave a tip at the Golden Dow tonight. Eh, called me old-fashioned, but I don't take kindly when a waiter tries to poison me, even if I did deserve it. Let me guess. You want a line of credit extended to you. You always were smart, if not particularly observant. A thousand clans and a few hands of blackjack, and then I'll be out of your life forever. I will need a signed promissory note from you. Not a problem. Uh, No, no, that is an agreement to stay 100 yards away from my places of business after this evening. This is the promissory note. Trust between organized crime and gentlemen venturers is at an all-time low, I see. Not all. Would you want me to deal? Right this way. Please, sit. Leather settling. Allow me to take your jacket, Miss Collins. The deck, your chips... And thus we begin, bound by the manipulations of fate, though it may be. We now find ourselves at the fulcrum of its machinations. Why, Ramon, your English is getting much better. Yes, you do have a way with words. What is going on, Doyle? I'll explain later. Right now, I'm just trying to remember whether an ace is high or low in this game. (laughs) Seventeen to you, Signor Doyle. With a four showing on your end, better double down. Oh, I must apologize. Your stupid American ways aroused the natural levity that is found in my people's heritage. Looks like that's a three for twenty. And how's about you flip your own card? Oh, fourteen. And a jack for twenty-four. A bust. But I am not fearing for the house. In the end, it always wins. Hmm, so you say. But I think if I split these face cards here, you'll be seeing a different tune. Twenty and nineteen. Against my seventeen. Again, fortune favors the, how do you say? Moronic masquerading as machismo? It seems I am not the only lover of language among us. Well, I am a teacher. (laughs) As was my mother. There is nothing nobler in the world than someone who selflessly tends to the minds of the next generation. That's just what I think. I I am Ramon. I stand on eleven. Pardon my gladness, but I think you show a keen lack of understanding in terms of risk-reward ratios. You're one to talk. You deal with the municipal docks on a regular basis. You can't make any kind of money on those deals. Alas, it is true. City Hall claims to care about an education on election day. But when an honest, well, semi-honest businessman tries to do right and deliver school books, they prefer to play hardball. You provide school books for the city? At cost, for all eight districts. There is no money to be made on such a small profit margin. And anyway, as I said, I have a deep respect for the educators of our children. Don't buy his line, Babs. Mayor Flowenstein turns a blind eye to his operation here thanks to his selfless actions. That's another bust for you, by the way. You wound me, sir, and not just in my checkbook, 
But in light of your association with such a delicate flower, I will allow you to leave these premises untouched if you do so now and without further disturbance. Nah, I think I'm gonna let it all ride. Doc, you have two grand writing on that one hand, on credit! I would advise you to listen to the wisdom of your date, Doyle. He's not my date. This stopped being a date right around the time I was surrounded by a thousand longshoremen. <laughs> what a kidder. And, uh, <laughs> Ramon, what did I say? Call me Doc. Fifteen, sir. Hit me. Nineteen, sir. Hit me. Twenty. Hit me. Doc? Ah! Twenty-seven. <laughs> so sorry for you, Mr. Doc. What was that all about, Doc? <laughs> Never gamble with what you aren't willing to lose, Babs. I got what I came here for. Entertainment, information, and a little one-on-one -on -one time with my buddy Ramon here. And we will come later for what we need. Shall we say midnight at your pied de terre? I will provide the large men with brass knuckles if you provide our money. I'll be expecting you right after I sweep this lady off her feet. Fat chance. Oh, Miss Collins, your jacket. Thank you, Senor Della Luna. Oh, you've got quite the grip there. I only use it for my empire. Now a heart? That must be handled like a tender dove. Well, that was just lovely. I'm glad you thought so. The only saving grace was that of Senor Della Luna. You could take a lesson from him, you know. Maybe it's too late. It's 11 o'clock. My Friday night is fried. I hope you have a good plan for the next hour or so. Well, I hope you're into a rollicking party with some company. Company? The thugs of the evil genius who's masterminding the longshoreman's strike for his own personal profit. What evil genius? That guy who I was trying to coax out through that little scene with Ramon. The guy who is going to have a little patented Doc Doyle fury thrown at him for messing with this country's middle class. <laughs> you can't expect a boss to just show his face for every two big gums you want to be what wants a little fame, huh? Boys? You have to be on time. Tardiness is one thing that Miss Barbara Collins doesn't abide by in her classroom. Doyle, stop. They're carrying knives. And guns. And baseball bats with nails in them. Ah, the Sandlot special. <laughs> but we have something that they don't. The car door opening, slamming, engine starting up, tires squealing. A head start. After him! Car engine starting up, peeling out. The adventures of Doc Doyle will continue as we pause for station identification. You're listening to WAKA, New York's premier FM radio station. Join us every evening for sports, politics, and such hit serials as The Mysteries of the Rap Trap Gang and Colonel Courageous. We now rejoin Doc Doyle and the blonde bombshell Barbara Collins as they race away from the Ramon de la Luna's underground casino, chased by thugs with one question on their minds. Are you kidding me? Gunfire. Fire squealing. Muffled shouts. I never kid with a beautiful woman, Babs. We went through all that trouble just to get a couple of thugs to notice us asking questions about the municipal docks? I had to make it seem like we were snooping. We are snooping, Doc, and it's going to get us run off the road! I'm an excellent driver, thank you very much. There's a much better chance that we'll be shot in the back of the head. <laughs> Don't do nothing! Do something! What are we supposed to do, jump? Exactly! <laughs> Metal clanging. They're hanging on my side, Doc! Here, hold the wheel for a second. <gasps> Better now? 
Gunshots and glass shatters. Oh, not even a little. Gunshots. Fine, then give me the wheel back. I'm gonna teach these guys to mess up my best gal. I think you'll find that I'm not your best gal. I think you'll find I was talking about the car. <laughs> Tire screeching, metal screeching. At least that's one run off the road. Tire squealing, scream splash. And oh. two in the drink. Calling all units! Calling all units! We have a riot in progress down at the municipal docks! Ah, uh, I was hoping we'd have more time before the longshoremen decided to act up again. I may have been too lenient regarding their nature. Shoot me for being an optimist. Was that a police scanner? How else am I supposed to keep up with the criminal element of this city? That is incredibly illegal! And firing wildly on a public avenue isn't? Oh, stop this car right now! Right now! Fine, jeez. Brakes screeching, tires squealing. <laughs> Engine shutting off. I thought you were looking for excitement. I want you to take me home. Immediately. No stops. No long routes. No broken down engines that accidentally strand us over a romantic spot. Home. Understand? Fine, if that's the way you want it, dollface. Don't call me dollface. Cutie pie. Honey lamb. Love muffin. Miss Collins. Uh, if you had even one ounce of Senor Della Luna's class. Oh, so we're hidden below the belt now, are we? Fine. Straight home. No stops, no long routes. The quickest possible shortcut I know. Car engine starts up again, driving. <laughs> Thank you, Mr. Doyle. It's Doc. I keep telling everybody, but no one cares. Engine fading. <laughs> Down 12th Avenue, up Valentino Boulevard, around Desala Square, Doc's loyal Studebaker wanders from the edges of the city to its depths on the shortest of all possible routes, a straight line. We rejoin our intrepid adventurer as he nears the waters that form the heart of his beloved hometown. Wait. Waters. That means that Doc is nearing the... Oh no! Buckle up, listeners! You'll thank me later! No, don't take the freeway! I know what you're up to. What? You want me to go through downtown? As the crow flies. You mean as the Doc drives. Ugh, whatever makes you happy. Sirens growing, brawling, <laughs> shouting, growing in the volume. <laughs> What's that going on up ahead? You don't know. Looks like a brawl of some sorts. A brawl? More like a riot. Wait a second. You drove us right to the Longshoreman's Riot! Rioting sounds intensified, bumping and punching and smacking against metal. You wanted me to go through downtown. Is it my fault the city planners put the municipal docks so close to the financial district? You, you, you planned this all along! The thought never occurred to me. Maybe you're protesting too much. What's that supposed to mean? Here we are, trapped in a car while roughhousing hooligans descend around us. <laughs> Not much to do except get cozy and wait for it to pass. Jeez Louise the 14th, that's smart. You're lucky I only slapped you, Doyle. Now get us moving. How? You see that mass of unwashed sailors out there? They're all around us. Oh, fine. I guess I have to do this all myself. Car door opening. Where are you going? Where does it look like? To the top of the car to talk some sense into these goons so I can get home. If that's what you want. It is! Plastic handling jangle. Then at least take this bullhorn. You'll be heard better that way. Why do you have a bullhorn in your glove compartment? Same reason I have a police scanner. That doesn't make... Never mind. Longshoremen of the city! What? Oh, uh... Hello! I want you to all stop this fighting this instant and let this car through! Look at you all! The backbone of the American workforce! Arguing over nickels and dimes while your packages go undelivered! Who are you helping? No, better yet, who are you hurting? You're hurting the children. Look in those boxes. Everyone contains books that will be gone to educate the youth of America. 
You may not care about them now, but think about what our country would be like without the bright eyes and minds of the next generation. You should all be ashamed of yourselves. <laughs> We're sorry. Yeah, all steps too. Well, sorry isn't good enough. I want you all to shake hands and make up. This nation was built on brotherhood. This nation was built on respect. This nation was built on the ideals of brotherly love. Look around you. Our forefathers fought and died for this land. Will you sully it? Or will you do it proud, showing that through the flag may be put through the ringer, its colors never run? <laughs> oh, that was beautiful, Miss. That was beautiful. Come on, boys. Let's let bygones be bygones. Everybody's welcome back into the Union. After all, the boxes have all been unpacked anyways. Yeah! yeah! What? The shipment has all been unloaded? Why were you guys fighting anyway? You know, I can't remember. It must have been something to do with Doyle. What? Uh, yeah, now I remember. Uh, last time he was here, he tried to check out the goods we had in the crates, but uh, nobody would let him in. Huh. Why do you think Doyle scammed you into getting up on your soapbox? What? He must be checking out the contents right now to see why we had two shipments of the same thing come in. So strange. One of from Washington, and the other one from Longgrad. What? Doyle! Doyle, you answer me right now! Uh, who's she calling for, mister? Just some do-good and schmo. It's too bad he had to be sneaking into a warehouse with his octogenarian security force while she was giving that pretty speech. Uh, are you sure you're allowed in here? Positive, Gramps. You see this badge? Uh, not without my reading glasses. Even better. I'll just need to check the records and I'll be on my way. Anything that is coming into or going out of the municipal, municipal docks? Middle cabinet opening. Well, it's all in here ever since the Spanish-American War. Oh, that was a good one. People will be singing praises about those glorious veterans a hundred years from now. No American hero goes unrewarded by history of a child. I'm rather you didn't. Papers flipping. Well, well. It turns out my hunch was correct. This isn't about money at all. This is about something much more insidious. Bringing in boxes overnight when they've already been delivered. That can only mean one thing. They're being replaced. But with what? Oh my goodness. Just as I thought. They're being replaced with... We got him, boss! <laughs> Excellent work. I knew that toy was getting too close for comfort. Get involved with the union like that. <laughs> Good thing you hired those scabs! Inconsequential! The strike on the right was only incidental to the plan. But with Doc out of the way, the goods are already in line to ship. All we need to do is destroy the evidence and hide a body. It's not my body, is it? <laughs> oh, for the love. Set a fire to those documents. Destroying things is the only thing you're good for. Smashing, <laughs> match, striking fire. As the flames catch on the evidence, all of our hope goes up in smoke. Or does it? Does Doc Doyle have yet another trick up his sleeve? Will we find out who these mysterious menaces are? I hope you have a good doctor, dear fans, because your heart might just stop in this, the thrilling conclusion of our latest two-parter. You're listening to Double U.
WAKA, New York's premier FM radio station. Join us tomorrow night for our interview with Adelaide Stevenson, sponsored by Baco Bars, <laughs> the only chocolate candy fueled by the flavor of pure joy. But now, back to your regularly scheduled program. <laughs> Doc Doyle is down for the count, but what about his ever-aggrieved date, Barbara Collins? She's won over the longshoremen, ended the riots, and may have jump-started more than a few Patriots' heartbeats. What is to come? Fistfights, fury, but most of all... Fire! What fire? The warehouse is on fire! Quick, get everybody away from the walls! Move them over by the yards! You got it, Miss Collins. Sirens. Oh, great. Now the cops show up. This looks real bad, doesn't it? It doesn't look good. You palookas congregated around a burning building that houses all of your records? Records. I don't know how. I don't know why, but Doyle is involved in this. Uh, where are you going? To find another soapbox, see if the cops can be persuaded to look the other way, and then drop me off at the police station. Doc Doyle's going to wind up there sometime. Perhaps, but first, our hero is making a connection to his swank downtown apartment via the black and blue line. Distant sirens. Light slapping. Wakey, wakey, Doc Doyle. <laughs> ah! I'm awake, I'm awake. Good. I'm not letting you go off into the night without one more gloop. Why, Mickey Ingalls and his gorilla-sized toady, Tiny. I should have figured a pair of pinko lowlifes like you were up to this nonsense. His name is Tino Doyle. Uh, what are you two goons doing in my apartment? And why am I tied up? Why is my liquor collection stacked on the dining room table? We're here to stage your suicide! <laughs> Alcohol poisoning! Death by drinking! <laughs> Ain't that right, Mickey? Jeez, Tino! You gone and ruined the whole surprise! Oh, Pumpernickel! There I go again! Pork popping. <laughs> this is what you get for putting your nose where it doesn't belong. My only regret is that I couldn't stop you from destroying the future of America. What? How do you figure that? Come on, Mickey. It's not like there were a lot of options. You weren't trying to scam the union out of dues, you weren't trying to win a contract from the city, and you weren't skimming profits off the docks. Had to be ideological. That narrowed the field a bit, and as I spent the better part of a decade smashing in the faces of the Nazis, so good that they used me to frighten their children to be good around Christmas time, that left the communists. That doesn't mean anything. You know nothing of our plan. Two shipments of crates in the warehouse, a riot to distract the authorities while you switch their near-identical contents, one from our nation's capital and the other from a city that has one of Marx's buddies on the glass. I think I can color it in from here. That's enough out of you. The workers of the world are going to unite, Doc. Pour it. Not on my watch, Mickey. Dong. Dong. Drink, Doyle. Dong. Drink. There are worse ways to die. And when the cops come and find you soused, they won't even know to write up a report. They'll just call it in a Thursday and notify your next of kin. Ugh, Mickey, you're a mouse. Try insult. I haven't heard a million times since lunch, Doyle. And you're just helping him out there, Tiny? Tino! Whatever. The boss says lift, and I say how far. I may not have any smocks, but I get things done. I ain't no shrimp. Hey, that works. <laughs> Mickey, you're a shrimp. Oh, you're gonna regret those words, Doyle. Cut those wants, you know. Doyle and I, we are gonna go mano a mano. Switchblade opening, cutting, cord falling. I don't think so, because my favorite gangster sets his watch to the city clock. Right on time. What's right on time? Uh, food.
I won't say this! Deal, no! Door opening, massive footsteps. Shout. Uh, Dr. I and my associates have come to collect the payment with you. What is this? What's it look like, Ramon? Dino here has been practicing for his chiropractic degree on my face. I'm thinking he's gonna need to repeat the course. Ramon de la Luna, capitalist scum and my sworn enemy. Mickey Ingalls, communist extraordinaire and my arch nemesis. Oh, that's right. You guys both have an interest in the municipal docks. Except one of you is trying to butter up the mayor by helping children, and the other is trying to blow up schools. How is this? Simple. Those boxes from Leningrad, they books that they, they're that in them are filled with bombs. Mickey and Tiny here use their union connections to infiltrate the longshoremen's local and find out the shipping records. One good switcheroo, and you have a hundred shipments going out across the city that fly right under the radar. No witnesses were going to be harmed. It's a summer break, and then next Thursday, kablooey. Seven figures in property damage all linked to the municipal government, thanks to the shipping records. If you think people are scared of us reds in the government now, think about what will be in next week. That's, that's dastardly low, even for a communista like you. What are you gonna do about it, Ramon? Knuckles cracking. <laughs> I am thinking that my boys here would also like to be practicing for their chiropractic degree. But as it seems that Doc Doyle has completed his fair share of the examination, perhaps you can fill in henceforth. Dino, it's time to work! If your boys cannot smash my entire selection of booze, I'd really appreciate it, Ramon. We are a little busy being occupied by this mammoth of a man, Doyle. I'm just saying to do your best. Why is it that I always got to do the punching and you get to do the hiding, boss? Because you're the big one, you lovics! Oh, that chair don't make me feel so good. Vomiting, lump and squish. <laughs> right on the rug. I won that in a horse race from the Sheik of Laguna. Boys, if you will, please toss the garbage out the window. No, not Dino. Please, I surrender. That does not mean anything to me. It's not his fault. He's not a communist. He can barely hold the keyboard. Well, you think he's gotten through Dick and Jane? Let alone Das Kapital. I'm with the small fry on this one, Ramon. Let Tiny live to brawl another day. Why should I, Doyle? Because the bounty on these treasonous knuckleheads is exactly the amount of money that I owe you from tonight's excursion. Drop the behemoth, boys. I just have one question. How much of this did you plan, Doc Doyle? A gentleman reveals nothing, Ramon. However, I would give you a tip or two if you could give us a lift to the 23rd Precinct. I'd do it myself, but I think I've had a little mu too much to drink. A quick ride in the back of Ramon's limo takes us to the ultimate destination of all criminals. The Who's Gal, the Jug, the Big House. In other words, jail is where you're headed. In all my years on the force, I've never seen a case like this. Or it's open and shut, thanks to the corroborating evidence that that slick-talking Spaniard just dumped on the desk. Let's see, that's five counts of fraud, three counts of treason, twelve counts of... I'll tell you what. How about we just lock you up and throw away the key? Take him out of here, boys. Thanks for not letting him throw me out the window, boss. You're welcome, Tino. And don't worry. We'll be back crushing the aristocratic hegemony of this country in no time. I think I like the sound of that. Think again, pint-sized and cruiserweight. It's more likely that the Ruskies will join up as the 51st state than you ever getting out of Slammer. In fact, I plan on raising the Star Spangled Banner in Red Square myself, but don't worry. 
I'll send you a postcard courtesy of Alcatraz. Sleep lightly, Doyle! I told you last time we met, Mickey. Call me Doc. There you are. Babs, thank goodness you're okay. Would everybody lay off the moneymaker? You deserve worse for what you did to me, Doyle. Money being flipped. <laughs> because as they say, even the most beautiful rose can draw blood. Now stay out of this, Ramon. You got your money. Yes, and the lady. What? Tell me he's kidding, Babs. Look, Doc, you're built like an aircraft carrier. You're handsome. You just saved the youth of America from a communist overthrow. That is true. Uh, stop, stop. You're making me blush. Okay, I will. Sorry, Doc. It's past my bedtime, and Ramon is the kind of gentleman who acts properly around that point in the evening. I guess you could say that in this game of blackjack, I played the Joker. You of all people should know that blackjack doesn't use jokers, Ramon. What a sleazeball. At least it's not dealing weapons to the Belizean resistance. Your father was innocent of that crime. Yes, but I wasn't. A little bookkeeping and a friendly face hidden behind a teacher's desk, and wouldn't you know, federal agents and do-gooders like you forget to ask any questions. <laughs> Such a conundrum. To hire you for your experience or to woo you for your wit. Why don't you buy me dinner next Thursday, and we'll keep our options open. Don't think this is over, Ramon. Barbara will come around. Wooing women is my middle name. That's why they call me Doc W.W. Doyle! There's a group of longshoremen here to see you. Ah, oh, jeez. What is it now, boys? Well, we were all out back celebrating getting the union back together. We noticed that somebody had made off with our union dues. Oh, for pity's sake. Very well. Lead on, you tattooed Tempest Tamers. But you should know. I charge time and a half after midnight. Thank you very much, everybody. Doc Doyle, Longshoreman's Limit, Part 2, was written by Steel Tyler Philippeck, created by Adam Lance Garcia, produced by Steel Tyler Philippeck, Adam Lance Garcia, and Tyler Rex, recorded by Tyler Rex. With the vocal talents of Michael Reese, Dana Aver, Tyrant Rex, Adam Lance Garcia, and Steel Tyler Philippeck. For more information and episodes, please follow us on Facebook, on Twitter, at Real Radio Room, on our website, radioroomshow.com, and on iTunes, Podcasts, Stitcher, and any fine podcatcher.